Hey, hey, and welcome into So Rare Dingers, a So Rare MLB podcast. My name is Austin Farr, far out with two R's and two T's on So Rare. Welcome into the final game week of the regular season for the MLB. This is episode 11 for Friday, September 29th. Also happens to be National Coffee Day, which unsurprisingly comes right after National Drink a Beer Day. Hmm, see what they did there? Uh, first game of the day is going to be at 6.35 p.m. Got a evening start today. Marlins at Pirates is that first game, so you got some time to get your lineups in today. All of the teams starting their final series of the season in primetime, primetime-ish, I guess. It's 6.35 in the evenings. That's why this episode's coming out in the morning. We've got a little more time to get a hold of it and get your lineup set. So if you like the show, make sure you tell your friends. If you don't, well, I hope you spill your green tea all over yourself this morning. Accountability. How did we do last episode? We did pretty well. Personally, I was a bit disappointed with my uh, my personal team's performances. I got no rewards this week. That's after four weeks in a row of claiming a reward. Only playing limited lineups. That's not like I've got lineups all up and down the place. I don't play any rare. I don't play any uh, super rares. So just in limited, I had four weeks in a row cashing this week and no, but hopefully we can round out the regular season on a good note here. Uh, Speaking of last week, though, we had recommended the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Rangers. Two out of those three were good, so we're saying we did have a good week of suggested matchups here. Dodgers at Colorado couldn't really have gotten much better, but they could have done more with it. Matchup was great. They did well. Freddie Freeman, 62 points. Max Muncy, 27 points. In our deep cut, Jason Hayward only had 12 points with a DNP. Kind of a bummer against four righties at Colorado, but they want to get some other folks in the lineup, so I guess I get it. Uh, still a pretty good showing there for the Dodgers. Diamondbacks came through for us. Corbin Carroll, 56 points. Starling Marte, 31 points. Lourdes Gurriel had 16 points with a DNP. Kind of bummed about the DNP there, too. Not the best for him, but overall, a couple good scores there. Those are two good ones. Rangers were our miss here. Uh, they were split two and two righties and lefties against the Angels. Seeger had a rough go of it this past game week, even over four games, only nine points. Had him in our perfect world lineup. Womp womp. Uh, Adolis Garcia seems to be back. Uh, at back and rocking again after being hurt for a while there and, and slumping a little bit. 57 points for him. Jonah Heim played every day. Love when we pick a catcher who played every day, but only 15 points in that time span. So that was an L. Dodgers, yes. Diamondbacks, yes. Rangers, no. Two, two wins, one loss for an overall week win. We're at 6-2-1 on the podcast. Trying to prove to everybody out there that I do at least research this and know a little bit of what I'm talking about so there's a reason to listen here and to tell all your friends about the podcast. Driving into our Recap 35. We're going to recap our Cap 35 lineup from last week. This is your first time joining us. Cap 35 is a tip of the cap, if you will, to the football or soccer side of the house where they do their cap lineups based on the L15 scores for those different players. You've got a budget. You build it out from there. There's nothing like that on the baseball side today. But for those of you who like fantasy baseball, you know all about DFS. So we took a bit of a DFS slant to this. I have a self-imposed $35 cap for these lineups. $5 per position, and we build out a bit of a budget lineup here. Now, these lineups are not going to be overall world beaters. They oftentimes do perform pretty well, though. But the point here is to let you know, hey, if you're jumping in on the limited space uh, and you want to create a budget lineup, it is possible pull, possible to perform okay, or especially if, hey, I've got a hole in a lineup or I need to plug somebody in somewhere. I've got missing just maybe an extra hitter or a corner infielder, it might be, for a lineup you got going out there. These are some cheap suggestions along the way. 
Last week for our starting pitcher, we had Bailey Ober, who did deliver 35 points. Definitely had a dominant showing there. Relief pitcher, we've been riding this horse. It appears a pretty a bit too long. Adam Adovino, super cheap uh, at less than a dollar for like the last four weeks. Only eight and a half points here. He was on a good string of saves there and really providing value for that dollar amount. But I think we're going to hop off of the Adam Adovino train this week. Corner infield, we had Lourdes Gurriel at 16 points, who we talked about. Middle infield, Cattell Marte at 31. Hayward at 12 points in the outfield. Extra hitter was J.D. Martinez, who had a DNP, which was kind of a bummer since he's been hot and is one of their, arguably their second best right-handed bat behind Mookie. 19 points for him. Our flex, we were trying to double down on the strategy from before of, if I don't have a lot of money here, I don't really trust the bats. I'm going to put in a pitcher. We went with Ranger Suarez, who... Really crapped the bed for us. Three and a half points for Ranger Suarez. So that was a $34.80 lineup, which scored 125 points. Not really anywhere close to scoring, pardon me, to winning a card in Limited All-Star, which is what we usually compare this to. Moving on to the Perfect World lineup, which did outperform the Recap 35 lineup by a lot. Perfect World lineup, I do not by any means have these cards. This is me looking at the slate and deciding, hey, if I had every card out there or the money to buy them, what would be my ideal lineup? Who would I put together this week? Uh, pretty good this week. Definitely outperformed Cap 35, which isn't always the case. Tarek Skubal was on his way to a monster showing. He had 27 points. He had 8Ks in 4 innings, and then there was a rain delay in that game. So really could have had a bigger showing from him, but still 27 in 4, in four innings. Uh, is a great showing. Definitely going to be targeting him for next year, especially with the quality of competition in the AL Central. Relief pitcher, we had Michael King. He put up 22.5 points. He has been a bit of a cheat code ever since becoming a starter, being able to slot him into that reliever uh, into that reliever slot and still get starter numbers. Corner infield, Freddie, we talked about, killed it. Middle infield, Corey Seager, we talked about, did not kill it. Opposite of killed it. Mookie Betts, 21 points with a DNP. Uh, sat the second game of that doubleheader for them, I believe. I guess they're just resting him for the playoffs. Max Muncy also had 27 points, and J.D. Martinez running it out with 19. Uh, that was a $238 lineup, <laughs> over $200 more than the Cap 35 lineup. Uh, but it did score 187.5 points, which would have been good for a Tier 4. Not the best, but still scoring uh, and winning a reward within Limited All-Star if we played that lineup. Moving into the news and noteworthy section, this is the last week. A lot to think about in the last week. Who is going to be playing? Who is not? My advice here is to be very careful with wildcard teams, uh, especially when it comes to pitchers. They're going to be trying to line up their rotations, make sure that uh, they've got their studs pitching in that first playoff series. So what I would probably do here is try to avoid... Playoff teams in general, when it comes to the pitching bit, uh, unless you know that maybe they're one of the teams that's going to have a bye and have a break in between and they want to keep their folks sharp uh, and not get too rusty with the layoff. So definitely avoid maybe the, pardon me, your your uh, your Brewers rotation. I know they've got some studs, but they'll be playing in that wild card game. Same thing with the Twins. Definitely something to keep an eye on there. A lot of good pitchers on those teams who will probably not be pitching. Matchups this week. Everybody has their final three games. So we're taking a look at who's got good matchups. Um, and we've got all playoff teams here, but for different reasons. So the Braves are at the top of the list. Three home games against Washington, all three right handers. Um, those right handers are Williams, Adon, and Rutledge for the Nationals. 
I, I try to highlight not just all the studs here. Obviously, it'd be easy for me to say play Acuna, play Matt Olson, right? But Ozzy's been too hot to not list here, batting 400 with 10 runs, four home runs, 14 RBIs, and a steal over the last two weeks. Michael Harris, 280, six runs, two homers, four RBI over the last two weeks. And in the last spot, I was trying to find somebody who was a little cheaper down the rung there. I like to think Eddie is going to get some run. Eddie Rosario here. He's two for his last 26, but they need to get him hot for the playoffs. We need that left-handed bat going. I say weeks. I'm a total Braves homer here. Hopefully they play him all three games here and get him right against all those righties. Moving on now to the Twins. I told you to avoid the Twins pitching, but the Twins hitting uh, has been hot over the last month, and they have three at Colorado facing Block, a TBD, and Anderson. So I would definitely try to get some Twins power bats in there. Um, the, uh, the TBD has me worried. The Rockies do have some left-handed pitching, and the Twins like to platoon. They don't always let their lefties uh, play against lefties, so I'm trying to avoid them as I can with Jorge Polanco uh, being put in there. He sat yesterday. Uh, he is a switch hitter, though. Hopefully sitting yesterday means he'll be back in there for the whole weekend. Kyle Farmer has been playing every day since Carlos Correa went down. He's batting 250, nine runs, a homer, 11 RBI, and a steal. He could be a great value play there for uh, for what he costs. And then Max Kepler, he is a lefty, but he's been Really hot, 325, 11 runs, one homer, three RBIs, and a steal over the last two weeks. Rounding us out here, we're going to take a look at the Orioles again. Uh, the Orioles mash, but it's usually somebody different every day. I put the Orioles in here because I do think they are going to play their starters down the stretch. Um, with all of the uncertainty coming in in this last series here, you don't really know who's going to be playing every day. The Orioles are going to have a bye in the first round. So I do believe that they will. That means they will have you know some time between their last day of this, the regular season and their first playoff season while the wild card round is played. So I think they'll want to get their regulars in there and get them some at bats. So we, we've got Gunnar Henderson here having a great season after a slow start, batting 250, 11 runs, three homers, seven RBIs, and a steal over the last two weeks. Adley Rutschman plays. Every day, almost every day, they put him in at DH. He's a monster, but again, we got to be careful here. Uh, he's batting 348, 729 runs, homers, RBI. So, definitely going to be worth it if he plays. If you think he's going to play, get him in there. If you think he might sit for a day, keep him out, but it's hard to argue against what he's doing. Ryan O'Hearn sat the last, last two games against lefties, so I think he's going to be back in the lineup. They got all righties. He's batting 286, seven runs, two homers, seven RBI, and a steal. Definitely worth keeping an eye on him there. Let's move now into our Cap 35 lineup for this week. Again, our $35 budget for this last week, regular season week of games here. Uh, in our starting pitcher position, uh, Edward Cabrera is listed at $2.82. He has a ton of upside, but as we all know, that's if he can find the strike zone. He's been good since coming back uh, from being sent down. He, was, he had some good starts early in the year. Got hurt, got sent down, but since he's been back up, he hasn't always started. Sometimes he's been the piggyback uh, off of a starter, but he's been really good of late. The Marlins are going to be fighting for that last spot in the NL playoffs. I do think that he will get the start. Um, he has the he would start Saturday as well, so I don't think they will clinch by then, which means that would lock him in for that position. Uh, and that's going to be a, a Saturday home start against Pittsburgh, which is obviously a great matchup. 
Staying with the Marlins for the relief pitcher, Tanner Scott just came back from paternity leave. He is well-rested. They play close games. They have a good matchup. All the reason in the world to put him in there at $2.87. Corner infield, we're going with Kyle Farmer from above, $1.82. So that's going to give us some room for somebody like a Jorge Polanco in our middle infield at 6 bucks. Kepler in the outfield at $4.37. Ryan O'Hearn again, $7.45 in my extra hitter slot. And in the flex, we're going with another pitcher. High risk, high reward here. Carlos Radon for $4.80 has a start Friday against Kansas City. Yankees are out of it. There's no reason to sit him or rest him for later in the year. He's got a ton of strikeout potential. Kansas City's not great. Uh, high risk, high reward there with that one. So if, for those of you who had your TI-83s out, um, or your TI-83+, plus, probably, if you were, uh, were like me as a math nerd, that is a grand total of $30.13. I believe that's my lowest amount for a Cap 35 lineup, and I'm excited to see how that pans out. Okay, my perfect world lineup for this week this, again, is just me looking at the slate. If I could play anybody and had all the money in the world, who would I pitch? Or who would I, who would I play, pitch, bat, all of the above, right? And looking at this, I told you the Braves are my favorite matchup here. I do think that they just have this uh, uh, a mentality and a culture around their team that the starters start. Uh, all, uh, all of the infield had started virtually every game except Arciak, who got hurt until Riley got uh, Riley got sick and Ozzy got hurt down the stretch there, but we're playing every single day. Uh, we don't platoon much other places, and I think that Brian Snitker is going to want them to stay uh, stay in his best, best rhythm as they can since we're going to have that little layoff. So we went with a ton of Braves here for the hitters. So we said we've got a corner infield, Matt Olson, middle infield, Ozzy Albies, outfield, Ronald Acuna, extra hitter, Austin Riley, flex, Michael Harris. So if the Braves crush this weekend, this lineup will crush. This is also going to be my most expensive lineup ever. I've got Spencer Strider starting. I think he will make that start. Um, this is one of those scenarios where the Braves will have that off time to line up their rotation. This can be Spencer Strider's chance as a tune-up game to make sure that he's where he needs to be for the playoffs. Also, he needs, I think, four strikeouts to break John Smoltz's single-season strikeout record. So he will get in there. I do think he'll get at least five strikeouts to break the record uh, and, and put him where he needs to be. Hopefully, he can do Spencer Strider things, and if they only leave him in for, I hope they leave him in for five so he can get the win. And in five innings, we know that Spencer Strider can <laughs> strike out seven to ten easy. Uh, in the relief pitcher slot, we're going with Tanner Scott again. I think the upside is just all there. So the price is here. Spencer Strider, $122.00. Tanner Scott, $2.87. Matt Olson, $54.99. Ozzy Albies, $72.05. Ronald Acuna Jr., $150. Austin Riley, $57.66. Michael Harris, $29.98. That's all based on the floor prices for these players. This is my most expensive per perfect world lineup ever at $489.55. So let's get out there and see if money can actually buy happiness. Last bit here, let's talk some trades. I want to first say that none of this is financial advice and should not be construed as such. This is just when I'm looking at uh, so rare. One of the fun parts to me is seeing that dollar amount rise and fall, playing the ROI game. I like making trades. I like buying players that I think are going to go up in value. And uh, one of the things you got to think about is 
on the back end of careers. These players' trajectory is not just up indefinitely, right? People do retire. Players do get old. Uh, and you want to make sure that unless you need them for a collection, I personally am not trying to be holding on to them at the end of a season when they might retire. So I put together a little might-retire list here of names that we've probably all heard of, uh, especially with a few who might be in the playoffs at the end here. So if we're looking at we know Miguel Cabrera is retiring. He's already said it. He's doing his farewell tour. Zach Grinke is older than dirt. Uh, and not very effective anymore. I could see him retiring. Andrew McCutcheon, Evan Longoria, Rich Hill, Johnny Cueto, Mark Melanson, David Robertson, and Elvis Andrews. All names to watch. Maybe peruse your gallery. See if you got any of those in there. See if you can't maybe flip them or get rid of them. Or maybe they're in a collection and you, you want them there. Something worth taking a look at just in case they do end up retiring this year. These last three names are ones that we might be able to even flip for a quick profit here. These last three are in the playoffs, so you never know. Their price might spike for a playoff start, especially if their teams make a deep run. First one being Clayton Kershaw. Who knows if he'll retire. If they win the World Series, maybe. Um, I could definitely see that happening, him wanting to go out on top. He's kind of toyed with that a little bit lately, but he had some really good moments this year. Hard to say for sure that we think he's on the way out. Same story with Charlie Morton. Charlie is currently on the IL, so he might currently be cheap. I'm not sure I would recommend trying to grab a Charlie Morton for cheap and flip him if he starts in the playoffs. But if you have a Charlie Morton and then he comes off the injury list for a playoff start, they're saying that he would not be back until the NLCS, I believe. Um, so keep an eye on that there. But maybe once Charlie comes back, flip him to somebody who's looking to make a run in the playoff competitions. And then, again, if the Braves win the World Series, I could definitely see Charlie Morton retiring. Last one here I think is the most actionable in a similar window. He's our only hitter here, Michael Brantley. Uh, Michael Brantley, also older than dirt, back with the Astros who have been playing well. He's been hitting well of late when he plays. He doesn't play every single day. But if the Astros make a deep run, I could see people needing outfield help, needing maybe DH help. Uh, and wanting him on their teams, maybe make a few bucks on your Brantley and then hope he retires on somebody else, not you. That's going to wrap it up for us today. I uh, hope you get a hold of this in before that 635 start tonight. Get those lineups in. Let's go win some cards and make friends and learn new things.